0: So how did it go then?
1: It's gone fabulously amazingly well although I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: You've forgotten them already? The mentees? Your who? dear students you went to go and speak
1: to? Oh god yeah that, oh that went really well oh that, that that did go really well this is when I went to Nottingham University to give a little talk about journalism and so so I had a chat with my daughter who's doing an MA but who just got got a finished her degree What's last What's her MA in? Um I'm not sure. I think it's ancient history or something. Um, she she graduated, her, her her undergraduate degree is in um, creative writing and English literature. So and she got a first, did I say? Um, you did I'm Ben Ander. I'm a former I'm journalist want... and a podcaster and I'm about to tell you about the time I went to give a talk.
0: Another time he went to give a talk. <laughs> he likes talking at, I mean, two people.
1: And I talk a lot to you and you are?
0: Victoria Mitzi. And I just receive his nonsense and uh, I'm sort of an unwitting accomplice to this shenanigan of a podcast. (laughs) Hi guys, welcome back. We've missed you.
1: (laughs) They haven't missed us.
0: No, we haven't missed each other either.
1: So I spoke to my daughter, Maddie, and I said, so what do I need to know? She said, well, the first thing is nobody's going to ask a question. No matter how many times you ask them to ask questions, none of them will ask you questions. And she said, whatever else happens, whatever the room is like, they will sit as far away from you as physically possible.
0: How does she have such wisdom for her young years?
1: (laughs) And I went in there and I met her. So a former colleague of mine from my Radio Trent days is now one of the course tutors. So she had been the person who had got in touch with me. So I met her and I met a couple of the others involved in the course. And, of course, all the students students then filed into this massive lecture hall and they all sat as predicted in the the farthest two rows as far away from me as possible and I had my slideshow PowerPoint all sort of set up and ready to go but they didn't have a blipper so I had to say to Sarah my former colleague well I'll just indicate to you when to change the slides and I just got down off the stage and walked right up to the students and sat on one of the benches next to them so I was right next to them and I thought "Ha, fuck you very much (laughs) but anyway and I then said to them right okay who here because it's kind of like a combined media studies journalism PR type thing I said so who here actually wants to be a journalist hands up and they don't put their hands up like we used to they sort of do this so oh. they raise a finger in front of them. So you can't actually see who's putting their hand up or who's just about to pick their nose.
0: Did you say this is enough? Away, hello, Peter. Hello, Paul. <laughs> Can you actually, like, <laughs> what is this?
1: Fly away, Peter. Fly away, Paul. <laughs> and so I said, no, and how be. many <laughs> little
0: Peters went up? Then. And it,
1: it, well, it turned out in the end that of the group gathered, only 25% actually said they wanted to be journalists. Did the, the rest, rest of them were... want
0: to be influencers?
1: they were well, probably they they just they wanted to go into pr or comms or whatever which is they want to influence which,
0: people so much they can't even put their hand up properly
1: <laughs> so so i gave my talk and i had an i had an hour slot the talk lasted about 50 minutes so at the end i said right let's have some questions then and sure enough not a single hand went up i had some questions prepared so i sort of gave my sort of finger to sarah and said right next slide please so a lot of <laughs> questions came up so i basically did you give her the finger question. I answered my own questions, but then, glory of glories, a couple of them actually asked questions. And when I relayed this with great pomp to my daughter, she was genuinely impressed and said, wow, they must have really liked you if one of them actually asked a question. And I was thinking, hang on, this is all well and good. I had a conversation with Sarah, my former colleague, who's now the tutor about this afterwards, we had a coffee. I said, it's all well and good saying, oh, this generation, don't ask questions, yada, yada. But the bottom line is, 25% of them in there, so that's probably about about 15, 20 people, want to be journalists. And being a journalist means that even when there's people around you and a little bit embarrassed or you feel awkward, you have to ask a question. That's your job. And I I said, shouldn't somebody say to them, look, guys, you you actually need to start basically putting on your big boy or big girl pants and asking a question. So
0: out of that 25%, how many do you think that you've totally frightened off that they'd actually have to ask a question? Did you not raise (laughs) that point? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, uh, well, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe all the no-hopers. Now, the other thing my daughter said was they they might not say anything in the lecture, but they'll come up to you afterwards or they'll get your email address and they'll email you days later. And sure enough, a couple did come up afterwards and have a really nice conversation with them. And I've had emails since from a couple as well.
0: Well, that's how we met.
1: What, by email?
0: Yeah, we did. No, I... I. I, saw you I, at court.
1: I met you at court when you were... You were flirting outrageously with that policeman, Sid, on some a kind dish. of inappropriate sexual abuse story. <laughs> <laughs> and you were battering your eyelids at him.
0: Battering?
1: Battering, <laughs> definitely battering. It was battering.
0: Oh, the cheap aftershave and the tie pins did it.
1: <laughs> That's right. He well, was good, though. He had some they're, really they're, interesting... They're a guaranteed knicker dropper, aren't they? All, all, all the, i wouldn't know ben so i was at the gym and i was thinking only the other day no matter what they say no matter how posh and refined they claim to be all the girls love a wife beat t t-shirt and all the girls love a tie pin
0: is that <laughs> why you've been so successful i've added to that my original
1: thought was just all the girls love a wife beat T-shirt. t-shirt that is
0: so inappropriate
1: as in one with no sleeves on it you know
0: Oh, we say all the right things here, don't we? <laughs> I love think... that. Quickly, like, backpedalling love... and describing that he means T-shirt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My wife Peter, Excellent. Okay,
0: um, Ben, the wife what beater. Are be... What are we talking about
1: this week? Apart from me, what are we oh, talking yeah. about this week? Well,
0: you've loved this podcast so far. <laughs> Kyle Rittenhouse and The Verdict.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a great story, isn't it? I mean, there's so many issues in there.
0: I know it'll be a tiny bit not right fresh off the press. It's a bit difficult to do with our time turnaround, but this one's going to go down in history.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, looking at photos I mean, he's kind of like the baby-faced assassin, isn't he?
0: Mm, I'd like to know what listeners think.
1: So, I mean... I've, you didn't let I, me finish we podcast we at say gmail.com. that Americans have got very little taste. And so he's turned up at court here in the photo I'm looking at in a sort of a dark bluey grey suit with a burgundy coloured shirt and a silvery grey tie. I was like, what is he trying to do? Look like he's out of Heaven 17 in 1983 or something.
0: Is that your look?
1: I mean, the only thing he's missing, actually, is a tie with piano keys down the front.
0: <laughs> or a tie pin.
1: <laughs> then he could have been in Flock of Seagulls. What's that? It's an 80s pop group. You're showing your age there. Oh, no, hang on. I'm the one showing your age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> And a death list. Okay, so we've got oh, yeah, a we're death going to list, death list yeah. we're, going to, we're going to do a little bit of a throw, a look ahead, a throw. I
0: ahead, nicked that from one of our will. listeners, the death list. From actually, he's not just a listener; he's a friend of the podcast.
1: And we're going to we, we're going to make it in the words of another listener. We're going to make it a merry. We, it's beginning to look a lot j- like Jismus um, because <laughs> the pandery th- started. We're going to throw ahead to the trial of Jizzy Jizz, which starts. That's between Ghislaine this Maxwell podcast to you and, and the yeah. next pod yeah that starts between this podcast and the next podcast so let's start with Kyle Rittenhouse who's now 18 but he was 17 uh, when this happened in August 2020 and he uh, traveled to the city of Kenosha uh, with his assault rifle as you do um, because there had been some demonstrations that were growing in Kenosha following uh, the shooting of a black man by police seven times back, uh, leaving him partially paralysed. And of course, last year, there had been a wave of demonstrations across the US protesting at treatment of black people by the police in America. Um, he was cleared of two counts of well, what they call in the States intentional homicide, but what we'd call murder, and one count of attempted homicide. What we'd call attempted murder. And lots of calls now for calm in the United States. There are lots of anger about this verdict from the jury. And I think what we can talk about here is something around the the, the legal process, because this is a case that's drawn massive amounts of interest and publicity for all sorts of reasons. And a lot of we're perceiving it as being a trial of the US justice system, being a trial of those who um, are supporting. Uh, the police who uh, about which there's a lot of anger because uh, in america they are seen to be disproportionately um inflicting violence on ethnic minority members of the community but the trial won't have been about that and that's something that people need to bear in mind the the judge certainly if it were happening in this country would have been very clear to anybody in the jury that the only matter at stake in this trial were the incidents in which Carl Rittenhouse shot and killed Joseph Rosenbaum, a 36 year old man, shot and killed Anthony Huber, a 26 year old man, and shot and injured Gage Grosskreutz, a 28 year old man. Now Rittenhouse's claim was that he did it in self-defense. He had traveled to the city of Kenosha in August last year because there was a fear that there would be demonstrations and violence following the shooting by police of a black man who ended up paralyzed after being shot seven times. But what happened here is that Rittenhouse shot three white people on the street who were demonstrating, protesting. Uh, there was civic unrest. And Rittenhouse said he had gone there to, to help keep the peace. And the issue for me here is not so much the killings, well, they're terrible. This is what is a 17-year-old doing with the tacit approval, almost, of the state authorities in that city doing wandering around with an assault rifle and if you if you watch the video that the jury was shown you see that rittenhouse is knocked to the floor he's got his assault rifle he's knocked to the floor um one man kicks him in the head and then runs away and i'm not entirely sure if that man has ever been found or charged or prosecuted then uh, joseph rosenbaum goes up to him and he uh rittenhouse shoots him fatally and then uh, another man, Anthony Huber, who's got a skateboard in his hand, goes up to Rittenhouse and appears to hit him around the head with the skateboard, at which point Rittenhouse shoots him once in the stomach. For both these shootings, Rittenhouse is on the floor. He's lying down and he's shooting upwards at these two. And then another man, uh, Grosskreutz, again approaches him. He appears to be holding his hands up, but then he seems to lunge in, at which point uh, Rittenhouse pulls the trigger again and effectively shoots Grosskreutz's bicep out and that's quite shocking seeing the injury I mean he's literally shot the entire muscle away from his arm that causes his arm to slump to his side and he staggers off having been badly hurt but but not shot fatally so Rittenhouse's de- defense was based around the fact that he was acting in self-defense he was being attacked. Now. Apart from Grosskreutz, who did have a sidearm, a handgun, none of neither of the other two men had firearms or weapons on them. And this is what happens when people have guns, as, as they say in Pulp Fiction. When motherfuckers get scared, that's when motherfuckers accidentally get shot. So if you're walking around with an assault rifle and somebody runs at you, your natural instinct is to use that rifle to defend yourself. But of course, it's difficult. I mean, it's amazing in a way that uh, Mr. Grosskreutz didn't get killed as well. Mm-hmm. But it's really difficult to shoot someone with assault rifle and not cause either fatal or very, very serious injuries.
0: And it's exactly what you say about what kind of message. This is what uh, one of the two men shot, at Huber, his parents say, what kind of message does it send out that you can allow this kind of activity to happen and let it go unpunished?
1: And, and the jury was, I mean, bearing in mind when the jury were, were considering their verdicts and coming to their, their their conclusion, they will have been told a variety of things. So they will have been told, for example, that um, Rosenbaum, the first victim, was somebody who had suffered from bipolar disorder. He had just been, only recently been released from hospital. What they weren't told was that he was only recently released from hospital after a suicide attempt, which uh, obviously hadn't worked. And um, his, his partner admitted to the court that he hadn't been taking his medication. So I think the jury would have thought, OK, so here's somebody with bipolar who has been in hospital with mental health issues and hasn't been taking his medication. And that will have made them feel less sympathetic towards him, especially when they watched the video showing him moving towards Rittenhouse, despite you know Rittenhouse effectively trying to warn him off as far as the other man goes um Anthony Huber again they will have seen the video that shows him holding his skateboard Rittenhouse's evidence was he was using his skateboard like a baseball bat now you know skateboards a heavy chunk of wood with metal wheels on it and he was swinging this towards Rittenhouse's head at which point Rittenhouse has already been kicked in the head by the the mystery man who seems to have got away so at which point you say well okay he felt he was lying on the ground the guy swinging a skateboard as his head maybe he had some kind of justification for feeling um that he was at risk now for me the issue here is 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 this is a disastrous result for american justice because um there is so much invested in this. I mean, Donald Trump came out and appeared to sympathise with House. Um, lots of far-right groups in America have sympathised and are calling him some kind of national hero. Of course, there are others who are seeing him just as another uh, brick in the wall of white supremacy and saying, here we go again, here's a white person carrying out violence on the street and not being punished in the way that he would have been if he had been a black person.
0: And to take it one step further by um, some parts of black communities in in the states Um, they've said that when Carl Rittenhouse was crossing state lines and then he ends up killing two people Fox News for example calls him a little boy protecting his community and then Trayvon Martin is killed while coming out of a convenience store wearing a hoodie and he gets shot and you know the the comparison is something that's been raised quite a few times the reaction and the portrayal of these two in the media side by sides being brought up time and time again
1: absolutely right and this is and this is why it doesn't surprise me at all there's there is trouble uh, in the wake of the written house uh, acquittal because there there is it is very very difficult to <sighs> to avoid forming the opinion, there are two standards of law. There is the law for white people and the law for black people. Mm. And it's really difficult to come away from these sorts of stories and not think that. But as I saying, what we're trying to do here really is cut through that and say, strictly speaking, this was a trial about a white man who shot three other white men, killing two of them during what you could describe as a riot. He was 17 years old. Why he was there with an assault rifle, That that is a big question for American society. He shouldn't. I mean, in my view, quite clearly, he shouldn't have had it. He, A 17-year-old should not have any kind of access to an assault rifle and should not have any... A right at all to be wandering around the streets with any weapon let alone an assault that's rifle that's
0: why there are so many elements to this story you know Completely. conservatives would say that mr rittenhouse has got a right to bear arms and to vent himself but as you say he's 17 you yeah, know yeah you
1: know, I, I can't remember which amendment it is to the constitution that gives americans the right to bear arms but but it was written at a time when the kind of arms that they had a right to bear were were sort of muzzle loading muskets that took about 30 seconds to reload. And that was if you were really good at it. It wasn't something that could reload itself in about a sixth of a second and fire off three or four bullets every second.
0: And then, of course, there's the bias system, which we've, well, the accusations of a bias system, which, of course, becomes then the trial by media, which is having a backlash, apparently unfolding now. So it'll be really interesting to see by the time that this comes to your ears, uh, you being our listeners, what's happened in the that time frame in the interim. So I suppose it's a bit of a watch this space, but so political.
1: I mean, yeah, absolutely political. Joe Biden has spoken out, saying that while he supports the uh, jury system, he is disappointed with the the, the ruling. Um, uh, the, the president um, said he is angry um, that Britain uh, House was cleared. He said in a written statement he expressed dismay, but he said he he stood by the jury system, um, and he, you know, and this is the thing, I suppose. You know, you, you, if, you, if you believe in the jury system, and honestly, having covered lots and lots and lots of trials, I think it's probably the least shit system, if we can say that. A bit like democracy is the least worst method of government. I think the jury system is probably the least worst system of justice. Well,
0: we've spoken about the um, differences in the right to bear arms and so on in the states yeah. to here. So that's something which will always be, I think, a fundamental difference to the US and, and the UK. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, the the, the weapons thing is, on, is, is a sidebar here, because what we're talking about here is, you know, what the president said. He said, I stand by what the jury has concluded. The jury system works and we have to abide by it. He says, while the verdict in Kenosha will leave many Americans feeling angry and concerned, myself included, we must acknowledge that the jury has spoken. And what you find, what you do find in the UK as well as the US is often after very high profile cases, there is anger. And largely that anger is because. The people who are angry were not necessarily in court and didn't hear all the evidence. And honestly, this is the this is the issue because cases like this get conflated with bigger issues such as civil rights, such mm-hmm. as the rights of black people, such as the rights of black people not to be disproportionately targeted by the police and such as you know issues around the whole, um, I don't know, I'd, I'd call it a firearms epidemic in the United States. I mean, this, there is just so many guns in that country and so many hands. And there, there are people you know shot on a daily basis It so doesn't even make the news.
0: It's a, it's a civil rights principle, isn't it? Really, and the civil rights activist Reverend Al Sharpton has said that it's outrageous and dangerous that this verdict will encourage vigilantes to use violence to assert their power. You know, it, it adds to the story for us to have that extra element of, of how far you can take it when you're armed with such dangerous weapons.
1: I mean, I th- the other thing is that, I mean, this we sort of blithely say, oh yeah, they've got the right to bear arms. But actually, if you read that amendment to the constitution, um, it's quite nuanced in the wording. It just says simply that... Um, in a free and open society every citizen has the right to form a militia to avoid the state becoming too overweening and controlling what what the whole point of the right to bear arms again this was set down when um the united states was being founded uh, in the sort of late 18th century and it was something that was at the time the united states at that time if you think was just on the there was the wild west or you know beyond that which was frontier territory and at that time it was felt that um, they'd just broken free of the yoke of the british empire and they were saying well we what we want to do is we want to create a country but the one thing we don't want that country to be is overly controlling we want to be free and the one way we can make sure that citizenry aren't overly controlled by the state is saying that citizenry has the right to carry its own weapons so they can't be picked on by an armed Government.
0: You said Uh, that we want to be free, just like that sample, to do what we want to do.
1: Who's that? that? What are we going to do? We're going to get loaded.
0: (laughs) Who says that? Primal
1: screen loaded, isn't it? We
0: want to get loaded and we want to have a good time. Oh, is it Primal screen? I thought it was more famous.
1: The original sample, um, is it it James Cagney, I think? Hang on.
0: No, it's Thingy Bob Lacey. (laughs) 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 Who is the Lacey to the Cagney? I don't know.
1: We want to be free. We want to be free to do what we want to do. And we want to get loaded. We want to have a good time. And that's what we're going to go. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a party. Oh, it's from 1966, the Wild Angels film. Here is actor Peter Fonda playing the part of Heavenly Blues, the leader of a chapter of Hell's Angels. Oh, well, Peter Fonda really had that sort of thing going on because he was that, an Easy Rider was his other big one, wasn't it?
0: Oh, Easy Rider was him, was it?
1: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That
0: was when it was actually quite cool and sexy to look like a pedo.
1: So so the film that this is taken from is called The Wild Angels and there's a there's a poster of it here. The Wild Angels, starring Peter Fonda and Nancy Sinatra. And the sort of the little catch line is, their credo is violence, their God is hate, and they call themselves The Wild Angels. You can hear it being voiced up with one of those guys who walks into the recording oh, booth dear. with his bollocks in a wheelbarrow. I've encouraged
0: <laughs> you, haven't I? Their credo is violence,
1: <laughs> <laughs> like the kind of guy who used to do voiceover DJ for DJs on sort of like you know independent oh. local radio stations. The guys who always have two Christians there, like. The Tony Paul show.
0: Apparently, a lot of them were done in the States, I was told. And oh, they then, always were. Well, this oh. is, I
1: mean, when I used to work in local radio, there's always enormous excitement among the DJs and, and present, presenters when the station controller or the program controller would go over to America, go to one of these studios. Um, I can't remember the name of them now. So, you know, Mix 25 4 in Atlanta. And they'd have a sort of like a little choir saying, so, you know, David Paul. And they'd do all those stuff. And then there'd they'd be have a, like
0: 50,000 people
1: singing. Yeah, they'd be a choir of people doing doing the sort of the shouts and then there'd be another guy walking in with his balls in a wheelbarrow who would do the sort of the deep voice stuff you know turn it on and rip the knob off all that kind of stuff you
0: know? <laughs> don't tell me you don't want to do that
1: I'd love to do that not rip the sadly. knob off of course <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure I, I mean I, I could easily manage to get my get in there without my balls in a wheelbarrow sadly maybe oh, in a small carrier bag I think you'd go bag.
0: everywhere like buster gonad <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly so they, they walk in like buster gonad and, and they, his unfeasibly large B-boy testicles <laughs>
0: you'd actually have to have a woman's voice saying that in her like buy potatoes with 25 cents off <laughs> buster gonad <So, laughs> right i'll get, yeah, hang on. I'll get I'll away from we want to be free shall we
1: Okay, so 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 basically, so winding up Rittenhouse, I mean, you know, this is one of those situations where I suspect that if you listen to the actual trial and the evidence in the trial, you might well feel that the jury found, as it should find, given the evidence, and yet you know that there is so much more riding on this and so much more outside court, given ill-judged comments by former President Trump, given the fact that the white supremacists are all over Carl and Cook, considering them as sort of a a slightly weird sort of like you know spotty folk hero and so on and so forth and so uh,
0: and of course it, all the sort of like drama of the courtroom and the media stuff that comes off the back of that has been huge it's still ongoing so i want to see what's happened by the time you're listening to this really yeah. and so also great. all the um, all the little typos that i made trying to write written house in text to you <laughs> yes Rotten- rottenness <laughs>
1: the, written, the written house on the prairie. Um, so, but but so so the fiance of one of the men who was killed. We talked about this earlier. I mean, I've just read, read this. Mm. Disclosed that he was on medication for bipolar disorder and depression, but didn't get his drugs because the local pharmacy had been boarded up as a result of the arrest. And she was asked why was he there. She said she didn't know why he was there. She didn't know why he'd gone out to demonstrate this.
0: Well, also, so there's something witnesses- to be said for because the- we were looking at that video. We are yeah. watching, <laughs> this is so us. Oh, right, that's closed. But we were looking at the video and you see this guy there and he could have so easily, the first thing that we, well, I was thinking this when you and I were looking at the video, so easily not have been there. And he yeah, says yeah. he wishes that never have, this had never happened, but actually he could have very easily just not made the decision to go in with a an assault rifle across yep. a state border. It just seems bonkers. Yeah. But that's not, as you say, what he was being tried on.
1: Yep. Absolutely. I agree. I mean, you know, it she said um to, to, to Mr. Rosenbaum hours before he was killed, she said, don't go to downtown Kenosha because of the unrest. So she you know, his girlfriend told him not to go. And That's probably why he went. Well,
0: <laughs> <maybe>. <laughs> you written house on the prairie, get down there with your big gun. Now it's my turn.
1: Yeah. So, what's next then?
0: Next is it's beginning to look a lot like (laughs) Jismus.
1: It's beginning to look a lot like Jismus. I stole that. Thanks to David for that one. Uh, He put that on Twitter. That made me chuckle.
0: Yeah, we're starting to rely on you for our punnery because we're so (laughs) we're so dried up, such old husks, former punners. <laughs> There's you nothing dry about sexy. me. <laughs> I'm glad I'm Perry. glad I talked over you. I can just take that out.
1: <laughs> Perisecki.
0: There's really no <laughs> I wish I wish it was a bit drier.
1: <laughs> oh, God, oh! I don't. We don't need to hear about your incontinence anymore. I mean, honestly, I think every single episode now you mention. I'm. Your doing incontinence. you do
0: it? Because I'm. To, I'm sort of always making like naughty, sleazy nudges towards how lubricated I am, and then you're oh, like okay. you dried up old fruit, and then I try <laughs> and defend myself, and then you go, oh, you've pissed your pants, and that's <laughs> that's basically what listeners have to be abused by when they come no, here for entertainment.
1: Of- Talking of people pissing their pants, poor old Jizzy Jizz in an interview with the Daily uh, the Mail on Sunday she said, "I have no." So she was, she, she's waiting her trial, which starts next week. She said, "I have no stamina. I'm tired. I don't even have shoes which fit properly." I piss that, my pants and, all the do you time. Know who famously whose shoes didn't fit his feet in prison? No, Nelson Mandela. Really? It was in that song, wasn't it? Some free Nelson Mandela." <laughs> And I wonder if she. I don't actually... know about this. But yeah, it's true. Um, Nelson Mandela, that free Nelson Mandela song by Spe- uh, Special, AKA, was it? Um, the lyric goes, his shoes too small to fit his feet because Nelson Mandela was in imp- prison, having been imprisoned as a very young man. What I don't really understand is that Jizzy Jiz was imprisoned as a middle aged woman, and that's being kind. Why the hell do her, do her shoes not fit her feet? Have her feet suddenly grown in prison? Has she become Bigfoot?
0: <laughs> I've got to put Bigfoot on our Twitter feed now. Because that, that gift that I found, I actually couldn't keep my phone open that day because every time I saw it, I started laughing and I was doing <laughs> some work. on. I was on a meeting and every time I saw Bigfoot strutting around, I couldn't handle it.
1: She says, I used to take a shower every day, but I've stopped because of the creepy guards who stand close and stare at me the whole time.
0: And she allegedly used to love a bit of creepiness in, in well, yeah, her life. Is,
1: yeah, I mean, maybe, Jizzy Jizz, you know a little bit what it feels like then, <gasps> you know, when you're procuring these young girls.
0: Damn, that's she's, a lot of a... side-eye going on there.
1: She is accused of sexually trafficking young women um, and procuring young women to have sex with Jeffrey Epstein. That's that's basically the accusations against her. Yeah. So, but yeah. She's, so she's in prison waiting to go on trial on those charges. And she says... She's not had a nutritious meal. She hasn't been able to sleep without lights on, uh, fluorescent lights that have damaged her eyes, and she hasn't been allowed to sleep without constant interruptions.
0: I don't like that light shining in your face when you're trying to sleep. I I think that would be terrible. But we can't find a recent picture of her, so it suggests to me that she has some kind of control over any media which is going out, which is quite interesting considering the fact that I thought her human rights were being breached.
1: Am I wrong? I don't. I don't know. I mean, that that photo. Yeah, we, we've seen that photo, haven't we? The one where she's sort of, she looks very. We can't find
0: any recent ones, though, can we?
1: Well, there's that one photo, isn't there, where she's sort of like got no makeup on, and she's got like a blotch in the corner of her eye, um, that we saw. Oh
0: uh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So, I mean, so uh, I suppose the thing about this case that the reason you know we've been following it for some time now and you know she is about to go on trial and and the trial will begin with the prosecution outlining the case against her and calling witnesses as it always does and i suppose the key witness will be virginia Mm Jaffray. and the question for the jury again will be what do they know about virginia geoffrey will the judge warn them that they should only go on what they hear in court and not what they've heard outside which is what you'd get in this country
0: i wonder if she will give evidence for herself
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, you don't have to, of course. I think it looks really bad if you don't stand up and actually tell the jury, I am innocent.
0: And I think she's quite capable.
1: Oh, she's. I think she's an intelligent woman. I I, I definitely think that. But what I would say is that I think that most defence lawyers nowadays will only advise their client not to give evidence in their defence, especially on really serious charges, if they are genuinely stupid or genuinely come across really really badly because most of the time it looks really bad in front of a jury if the defendant won't stand up and stand stand up in court and say to them it wasn't me i'm innocent and i'm happy to answer any questions the barristers can throw at me because i know in my heart of hearts that i'm innocent because realistically the reason that you wouldn't want to give evidence is in case you get caught out and the reason you might get caught out most people in most people's minds would be because you're lying cliffhanger yeah absolutely
0: um was she lying
1: well we don't mean well she didn't okay so
0: she's not she's been a bit slippery so far
1: well yeah i mean well not so slippery that she she managed to escape from them when she was hiding at her own house
0: (laughs) well (laughs) she tried quite hard though well
1: (laughs) yeah quite she
0: moved around before she ended up at her own
1: house so, so, so she is. She now. Now, first of all, we should make it clear that she denies all the charges. She says she's not guilty. And what she's she's charged initially on six counts: enticement and conspiracy to entice minors to travel to engage in illegal sex acts, enticement of a minor to travel to engage in illegal What's sex right? acts. Did you conspiracy. say illegal sex acts? Yeah. Well, illegal sex acts because they're children. Oh, sorry. It's uh, not sort of like you know particular act that's illegal it's the fact they're children so all sexual acts involving them are illegal by definition i see
0: um conspira- thank you for
1: so being it's, clear it, so so it's, it's she's basically charged with enticing minors to um, engage in illegal sex acts conspiracy to transport uh, children to engage in illegal sex acts and she's also charged with um uh, a, two additional sex trafficking charges and also she's t- charged with two counts of perjury so she, she's, I don't exactly know what the perjury is. When is she supposed to have purged herself? Presumably, it's in a previous case where she may have um, given evidence on Jeffrey Epstein's defen- uh, behalf or in some other way that has now been shown to be false. Or that's what the prosecution suggests anyway. But but all these details are what we can get to and once this trial starts in, in properly, we can get into it properly. And, so
0: we're looking to kick off on Monday the 29th of November. Um, so yeah. this is our last... Pod. This is
1: our last pod uh, before, before
0: the we'll yeah. have more. Yeah. Yeah. But you can certainly get the background and refer all your friends if they want to get a bit of uh, the actual facts behind the yeah. case from I mean, us. I
1: think in the, in the sense that, you know, we, we we focused quite heavily on the Johnny Depp um, case, didn't we, with Amber Turd. I suspect that we'll, we'll sort of focus quite heavily on this one.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we have done so far. She's Indeed. practically a friend of the podcast.
1: <laughs> Even when there's nothing to say. <laughs>
0: it's never stopped us before
1: not true enough
0: okay and I'd like to move on to the missing persons email that we got and um, just say that it's a it's an ongoing project isn't it Ben Um, yeah 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 absolutely that we really love the idea and we love how it can progress and that's what we've had a little meeting about just before this before we started recording so What we'd like to do is, before we continue it in in our own inimitable fashion, like to give you the opportunity to get back to us on your favourite missing persons cases. And what you'd like to hear more on from anything, because they're they're things that really get to people, don't they? Uh, Missing persons cases... So, if you have anything that you've been, you followed or piqued your interest, which was in the news, then let us know. You didn't let me finish podcast at gmail.com. And now on to the death list. Oh. <laughs> you love this. We were, first of all, Ben grabbed it and started scouring it to see if he was on it.
1: <laughs> Amazingly, I'm not. Well, Although... I thought
0: it was a death wish list, so I scoured it to see if I was on it.
1: Yeah, but in that case, you'd have to have your own dedicated one, wouldn't you? All the people you wish to be dead.
0: Mm. Do you have anyone you wish to be dead?
1: No, not really. No? No, not really.
0: And you don't agree with the death penalty, so...
1: No, I don't, that's true. That's... Is I, that I love why? the death list. So the, so the death list is basically compiled um, by um, whoever it's compiled by, and it's... Um... The
0: Grim Reaper?
1: It, it, yeah, possibly. It's com- it's just compiled by deathlist.com or oh, deathlist.net. And they're basically, for, for each year, they predict who's going to die. So the 2021 oh, no! List-
0: Listen to this. It says at the side of the list, it says grieving for Greavesy. English mm-hmm. footballing legend Jimmy Greaves has passed away at the age of 81 to provide the death list 2021 with some more gold mouth action.
1: <laughs> well, that's really bad taste, then gets, I love it And then it goes
0: as bad taste as us And it's got a picture of him going like this Pointing at the camera, <laughs> like for, you
1: for, for, Former US Pres- Vice President Walter Mondale Has provided Death List 2021 with another score <laughs> <laughs> This is the Duke of Edinburgh.
0: <laughs> and I like the fact that in his description Casual racist
1: <laughs> Phil the Greek <laughs> the, the, what was it the the famous voiceover on I don't know whether it was ITN or BBC News that the pre- reporter involved had been challenged to get the phrase fill the Greek into his report on the Duke of Edinburgh's state visit to Greece with the Queen and so I remember, so the report opened with the plane sort of lying on the tarmac and the, the steps down and the, the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh appear at the top and start waving and the voiceover says the arrival of the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh was sure to fill the Greek people with delight <laughs> <laughs> Got into a lot of trouble with that, I think. <laughs> oh, Ooh, che- Henry Kissinger flag- is
0: 98.
1: Checkered flag for Murray Walker. <laughs> <laughs> Murray Walker has crossed the final finish line to clock up another success for Deathless Twenty.
0: I don't know if you've seen this one yet, but do you know who boota Bouteflika is? Because he's another Abdelaziz triumph, Bitaflika,
1: who's passed away at the age of eighty-four, Algerian now, president, I, bringing a lengthy death list drought to an end. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I, am, I didn't know who he was until I saw his name there. So the people who the people who are on the death list. I mean, number two on the death list is ninety-nine-year-old 99 Golden Girl Betty White. Who's um, that? Who's, What's uh, her job was, description? Well, she's one of the Golden Girls. That term of oh, fame. sorry, did you just say that? Yeah, I did. All right, Made I just sound through it. stupid there. But she's <laughs> still pushing on through. Um, 96-year-old Dick Van Dyke. Whatever you do, keep a straight face. Goodness me, he's still hanging in there. Knees
0: up, mother brain. Knees up, mother brain. Well, Brown.
1: Quite, yeah. Is that him? blind oh, blimey, it's Mary Poppins.
0: <laughs> Burt Bacharach, Bert- 93.
1: Oh, Burt Bacharach. Now, he is a genius. I don't care who you are. Burt Bacharach is a genius.
0: Thanks for the music.
1: Emperor Akihito. <laughs> and then I think one of the youngest on the list is 64 year old Shane McGowan
0: I know but apparently it's in our it's in our DNA somewhere already if we're going to get death cancer did you know
1: that I didn't know that yeah so has anybody in your family had death cancer
0: yeah my dad died of death cancer
1: oh in that case that's bad news for you isn't it
0: is it does it well make you it inherited
1: me- your DNA from your mother and father
0: oh fuck
1: uh, whereas, and as far as I'm aware, nobody in my family has died of death cancer. Really? Yeah.
0: Yeah, but then other people have other stuff.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, sure. I mean, I'm and nobody ma- and let's face it, nobody makes it out alive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh so, shit! I mean, you Put a right downer on my life.
1: I remember a former colleague of mine once told me that if a man lives, every man, if he lives long enough, will get prostate cancer.
0: Yeah, but you can live with that. That's fine.
1: Can you? Your finger at the bot?
0: Yeah. Um. Can I just say that number 50 on the death list is Captain Tom Moore and his description is UK COVID-19 personality.
1: <laughs> COVID-19 <laughs> personality. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I'd like to end it because I need to go... Sp- I was going to go skiing, but I'm going spinning. Actually, I'm going spinning.
1: <laughs> Sorry, just, one on, just a couple more on the death lists. One of them who died was... Uh, right-wing radio host Rush Limbaugh, <laughs> and, and the headline on the Death List website is Rush to the Exit.
0: And he would, he would frequently refer to feminists as feminazis.
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, and, and talking about the COVID-19 personalities we just had, the headline is <laughs> Captain Tom No More." <laughs> Britain's premier pandemicality, Captain Tom Moore, has sadly succumbed to COVID nineteen at the grand old age of a hundred. He shot to fame in April 2020 when he vowed to walk round his garden with his Zimmer frame a hundred times before his hundredth birthday to raise a thousand pounds for NHS charity. However, his activity caught the imagination of the public and he raised more than £32 and elevated himself to national treasure status. Late in April 2020, he topped the UK pop singles chart, being the oldest artist to hold the number one spot and also possibly the worst singer ever to do so. In July, he was knighted and he joined the death list for the first time this year in at the coveted number 50 spot. (laughs) It could be you it could well and is that it is that it are we done that's us
0: uh the the stories that you're sending in are really fascinating so keep that coming you didn't let me finish podcast at gmail.com and your lovely stuff on twitter ydlmf podcast spit
1: it out for god's sake
0: ydlmf podcast
1: at gmail.com no Ydlmf
0: podcast is our twitter you don't get involved in this. No, um, I
1: don't, I'll shut it.
0: And uh That's yeah, got really so hairy
1: ears at the moment.
0: Ben can go and deal with his hairy ears. And I'll go mm. and deal with my hairy ass.
1: Matron, take them away. <laughs> and we'll all be
0: happy.